Hello, all you gore fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined by Intern Corey. How are you doing, Intern Corey? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Amazing, because we are joined by Dennis Paoli, um, writer of Reanimator, From Beyond, Castle Freak, and the brand new Suitable Flesh that we have seen and already loved. Such a good movie. Such an impressive resume. You did leave off one of my favorites of his, Brett, though. You left off Ghoulies 2. <laughs> you know it is uh hi everybody uh you know it's uh i'm not sure what kind of praise it is when people tell you that's their favorite ghoulies film you know i mean that's you know wow out of all the ghoulies films i like yours the best you know and you know ghoulies was uh charlie band's empire studios uh knockoff of gremlins so it's the sequel to the knockoff uh, which is uh, where I started my career. Uh, and uh, and it, it was great fun. It was great fun uh, writing for Empire back in the day. Uh, Charles Van Wall was keep a special place in my heart. He's done a, a lot of my favorites. Yeah, well, he did a lot of he did a lot of everybody's favorites because he did a lot of films. The wonderful thing about Charlie is he got films. He got movies made. He he. Uh, you know, working with Charlie, you you knew that what you were writing was going to end up on the screen. It may not end up the way you wrote it, but it was going to end up on the screen. Uh, I think when uh, Empire rolled over into Full Moon, uh, I believe that the motto of Full Moon was a thousand films by the year 2000. And I think he only missed by about 900 or something. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, 100 films in what, the decade that Full Moon uh, existed before the millennium? That's not bad. No, you know, not that's at all. A, that's, a, that's a hell of a track record for, uh, pr- for a studio at all and for a producer like Charlie. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, I have a career because uh, Charlie Band got reanimator made. That's awesome. That's that's us. Uh, he's coming to a convention near us next year, so I, yeah. I know I, I know I'm personally very excited to meet him. Yeah, say hi, stop off and see Charlie. Yeah, Charlie's doing the convention circuit now. Uh, you know, uh, he's got so many DVDs he can, and so many packaged DVDs. Uh, and uh, I saw Charlie at the Texas Frightmare, and uh, it was it was good to reconnect. But he put together a uh, a package of uh, some Full Moon products, product uh, DVDs, and a couple of them were Stuart Gordon films, uh, Dolls and Robot Jocks. And I'm those aren't my films. I consulted on Robot Jocks, and uh, and I I know Ed Naha pretty well, uh, but uh, I didn't write either of those. But I wanted to go, and I was on a panel with Charlie. Uh, and I, I just wanted people to remember Stuart to uh, to, you know, his his passing was uh, a big loss, uh, not just for the industry, but for everybody who ever worked with him. And uh, and for me, especially, he was my oldest and my best friend for the better part of my life. Uh, and I met Stuart back in high school and we, uh, you know, we were uh, we were 
we worked together. We worked together from that point on. Well, we discovered we had the same, uh, we had the same sense of humor. Plus, we also love, we both loved literature and we loved movies. Uh, and he was an art student and I was a, a science and math guy. But, you know, when you're a science and math guy and you love reading, you're reading science fiction and, you know, that slides you right into Lovecraft and horror. And and we both, you know, ended up discovering that we loved the same we loved the same movies. We were we were good students. Stuart was the secretary of his high school graduating class at Lane Tech in Chicago. And I was an honor student. But we occasionally cut class. And when we cut class, it was to go see the new Hammer film the new uh, Christopher Lee Dracula or the new uh, American International uh, Poe adaptation. Uh, so we were into, we were into horror from way back and we, and we miss him so much. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, that resume, my resume back there, when you gave it uh, that exists because, you know, half of those movies and the best ones are, are Stuart Gordon films, Stuart Gordon directed films and, 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 that I co-wrote a number of them with him. Uh, he was a terrific collaborator, uh, as great a director as he was. He was he was an even better collaborator, and as great a collaborator, he was an even better friend. Uh, his oh one, if I can plug anything on this, uh, I want to plug his autobiography. His memoir is coming out in a couple weeks uh, from Fab Press in England, and it's called uh, Naked Theater and Uncensored Horror. And uh, it is pick it up and read it. It is one. It's a uh, a wonderful. It's a wonderful love story of him and his wife Carolyn Purdy Gordon, who appears in a number of his movies. It's a wonder if you've seen what he does to his wife in those movies. The fact that this is a love story will break your heart. Uh, it's uh, she. He gave her the most grisly deaths. Uh, it was, you know, just, you know, I, I was just watching From Beyond again, and she gets her eye, she gets her eyeball sucked out, and then her brain sucked <laughs> out. You know, if you if that's going to happen to you, it should happen uh, from Jeffrey Combs. Uh, but still, you know, uh, but it's a wonderful love story. But it's also a really wonderful view. It's an open window into uh, the horror films of the '80s and the '90s. And it's uh, it's it's a wonderful uh, autobiography, except just just know that nothing he says about me is true. <laughs> well, that's definitely going on my to be read list here. Oh, yeah. Like, I love um, books, like especially by like filmmakers. Like, I love Don Coscarelli's book. I read that mm -hmm. like probably a couple of times a year. It's really good. So I'm looking forward to that one. Then. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, just, yeah just, and Stuart turns out to be a, 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 I, I knew how good a story, uh, how good a a writer Stuart was, but when we worked together, he was the story guy. He had a really powerful sense of story. He knew where a story was going. If we had trouble finding a third act, what happened in the third act, it was all, Stuart always found out what it was. Uh, it, I was the, the character and dialogue guy, but Stuart was, they had a terrific sense of story. His theater, his theater background was his, the organic theater in Chicago, which he founded. Uh, at, right after college, right after coming out of college, was in the great tradition of Chicago Story Theater. And going to see a show at the Organic Theater, directed by Stuart Gordon, was like going to a live movie on stage. It was just like seeing a movie, except it came off the stage and grabbed you by the lapels and pulled you up. Uh, it was, you know, and so when Brian Usna 
came around in, in you know a decade and a half later in the mid eighties and said, you know, Stuart, you want to make a movie? He was so ready. He was he was really ready for it. Now you mentioned Hammer Horror, and yeah. our audience would hate it if I didn't mention because it's very divisive. We did a we did a review on Curse of Frankenstein that I love. <laughs> and our audience didn't love it. My co-host didn't love it. I have to ask you, what are your thoughts on Curse of Frankenstein? I, I that that one I don't know very well. Oh. I, I know that I know the Dracula movies. Yeah. I kept up with the Dracula movies. I didn't keep up with the Frankenstein. Uh, you know, and the Vampire uh, Hunter movies. Yeah. Uh, wow, great, great fight. Uh, great fight choreography in those. Uh, but I kept, we did the drag, you know, we did all the Christopher Lee, you know, well, we did those Christopher Lees, uh, you know, and Peter Cushing, you know, there was nothing like, you know, the, the, the ultimate fight at the end of the horror of Dracula between, you know, Peter Cushing and, and Christopher Lee, Christopher Lee, uh, it was, uh, you know, but, you know, Curse of Frankenstein, I'm backing out of that one. I don't want to get between you guys anyway. You know, I mean, that's not, not what I'm here for. You know, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, tell you what, I'll, I'll watch it and I'll get back to you. Good. But I was a big, I I liked, you know, I was a sucker for Hammer films. I was a sucker for the way they made, they made it, they made horror into adventure. They were sort of adventure films. Uh, You know, they weren't, you know, they weren't sort of the funny, you know, creepy, Jallo-esque, but, you know, also funny uh, and comedic the way the uh, American international films were, but they were, uh, but but they were uh, bright, bold, uh, and they were they were uh, adventurous. And and we that you, I think you can see that in 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 our work. You know, I mean, uh, you know that the horror from the eighties and the the nineties. Uh, you know, you think of Sam Raimi, and you think of us, and you know. Uh, Peter Jackson, when he started out, you know, it was out there. It was, you know, it jumped off the screen at you. Uh, you know, the horror from 2000, you know, the the horror in the new millennium has been more subtle, darker, uh, you know, more intellectual and it's good stuff. I like it a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I was, I'm a literateur myself. My day job for years was, uh, teaching and writing, running writing programs at Hunter College of the City University of New York. And I taught Gothic fiction for over 20 years. Uh, so I love the stuff of all kinds, uh, but it's not what we did. And we were more influenced by those Hammer films, by those, you know, bright colors, uh, see everything. Stuart wanted to show you everything, you know, which, which when, you, when you work with Lovecraft, Lovecraft shows you very little. Lovecraft shows you the effect of that parade of monstrosities on the narrator of Shadow Over Innsmouth. You know, he shows you the effect of the terrible horror that drives the narrator of the Mountains of Madness insane at the end. He But he doesn't show, he shows you the narrators going mad. And you might see a tentacle pull off uh, screen, but, you know, he never shows you the stuff. You know, we make movies. Movie's got to show it to you at some point. Uh, so we were, Lovecraft was an impressionist, one of the great impressionists of American literature, I think. But, we, you know, we were expressionists. You know, we were all about showing you uh, what it was. What, and, and, and what Lovecraft let you do in, in writing that way was he 
He not only let you, he not only gave you license, he demanded that you imagine that you engage in the story by imagining the worst thing you could imagine because you didn't see it, but you knew it was this awful. You you imagined the worst thing that you could imagine. It was brilliant. So we went about it, you know, we we felt free to imagine the worst things we could imagine and not only imagine them, show them to you. Uh, and so so we made it we made a career of that and it was fun. And and in the process, I got to say, uh, I think the Lovecraft fan, the fans of uh, Lovecraft's literature have been very kind to us basically over the years. But I have to say that I think we were faithful to the spirit of Lovecraft in the sense that I've been discussing it. We were almost never faithful to the letter. Uh, you know, from beyond, for example, we told that whole story before the credit sequence. Uh, you know, I mean, the rest of it was what we imagined from the story. Uh, so Lovecraft, not Lovecraft expects you to do that. And so we thought we were faithful to his spirit, if not always or hardly ever to the letter. I mean, I know whenever I would see your name or Stuart Gordon or Brian Yuzna or Barbara Crampton's name attached to a Lovecraft, a Lovecraft adaptation, I, I was sold from minute one. <laughs> and that's why when we saw when we saw that your name and Yuzna and Crampton were attached to Suitable Flesh. Like before we were even offered anything to review the movie, to talk to you, mm -hmm. I went to him and, and Greg, the other host, and said, listen, we're, we're going to do this movie because <laughs> I'm bigger than both of you. And <laughs> I don't know if you can see over my shoulder here. I got, I, a, yeah. I got Jeffrey Combs watching over you got Yes, you got you, got you got Jeff's action figure. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I yes, got his yes. uh, Toonie Terror over there. Yeah. Oh, this was one oh, we were excited for. Thanks. I mean, but you know, if you see Barbara's name, you're going to go see the movie because it's Barbara. I mean, doesn't she look spectacular? I mean, and doesn't she look? I mean, she's a, a terrific actress. She's a uh, you know uh, just you know she's a, a historically important scream queen, uh, but she's a terrific actress as well. You know, in a in a number of genres. But doesn't she look the same that she looked in in the eighties? Yeah. I mean, not oh my gosh. I mean, the only difference is she doesn't have, you know, shoulder pads, uh, you know, in her clothing. <laughs> I mean, otherwise, she looks the same. You know, I mean, so there's a deal with the devil there someplace. Uh, you know, I mean, she's, spe you know, just spectacular. So if you want, you know, when you see Barbara's name, you know, in the credits, of course, you're going to go gawk, you know. I mean, come on. Uh, but it turns out that she's a terrific producer as well. You know, she's a... a uh, a real, uh, a real, she and Brian are, uh, Brian was all, Brian Usna was always the true believer. I mean, Stuart and I actually, over the course of his theater career, worked in a number of different genres and modes. Uh, we, as I say, we loved horror from, from the very, from the time we met. Uh, but we worked in, a, a, we worked in comedy and we worked in, gosh, we reached, Stuart retold uh, Hamlet as a Western one time in college and uh, and I was in it. Uh, you know, he he wanted Stuart wanted to try everything, uh, but Brian was the true believer in horror. He was the one who was he's 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 not only dedicated to it; he loves it. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's so it's great to work with Brian again too. Uh, working with Barbara Crampton a few times, like you have, do you have a specific style that you write her characters, or is it like always changing? Uh, well, you know. It, it's like, I'm sorry, it's like writing, on the one hand, it's like writing any character. 
uh, you know, you find the character for the story and you, you give that character as much story value and you invest as much of that character into the story as possible. That's why Stuart and I work so well together. Uh, and Stuart loved working with actors. He really, he would rehearse actors more than almost any director, partly because he wanted to get good performances out of them, but partly because he liked hanging out with actors. He loved working with actors. Uh, the, the process was, uh, was one of the things he really loved about, uh, about the work that he did. Uh, but once I wrote Reanimator and I saw what we saw what both of us, we saw what Barbara could do, how brave she could be, besides how good an actress she was, besides how gorgeous she is. It was like, we have to put her in front in the next movie. And we really wanted a male, a female protagonist in our next movie. And notice that Barbara in our next film in From Beyond plays a psychiatrist and she happens to be female. Well, in... Suitable Flesh, how many decades later, she plays a psychiatrist, a successful psychiatrist who happens to be female. So I felt great confidence in writing this role in Suitable Flesh for her because I did something like it earlier. And uh, the fact is, uh, then I felt like I could write for Barbara. You write and you, you see certain characters at the beginning. You see certain actors playing the character and you sort and you sort of hear their voices. You know you're right. You know you've written a successful character when they start to talk to when they start to tell you what their next line of dialogue is going to be. You know, and I could hear Barbara's voice. After Reanimator, I could every time when I whenever I wrote for her again, I could hear her voice. And if I wrote for somebody else, it would often be Barbara, whose voice I would hear be hearing when I wrote that character. So it was, uh, so it was, as, as it's been so often in my career, it was really lucky to work with somebody as talented as Barbara uh, and Stuart and Brian. And I cannot leave Jeff Combs out of that to work with somebody as brilliant as Jeffrey Combs. Uh, you know, the whole rest of the cast of Reanimator was, it was, 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 nobody knew how spectacular a cast that was when they put it together. You know, uh, you know, Bruce Abbott was wonderful. You know, he carries the movie at times. Uh, it's, you know, it was, you know, good movies are a happy accident. Uh, you know, you can have the best, you can have the best script and you can have the most famous director and you can have the hottest actors and, you know, you can have, you know, all the money in the world and you can make a dud. It just sits there on the screen and does nothing. You know, but, you know, give yourself 21 days, a small budget, uh, a hot story and some actors who, you know, nobody knows them yet. But boy, they really want to, they, you know, they really like these roles and they really want to get into it. Boom. You had Reanimator and it was and it made a, it made a bunch of careers for us. And, you know, it was it was so lucky. I was so lucky to work with all of those people and notice how, you know, I worked with all of those. How many times I worked with those people. Uh, you know, that was also Stuart. Uh, when Stuart had a theater company, it was like his family. He, he wanted to work with a company. He wanted to work with actors over and over and over again, uh, because he, he loved their work and he liked being around them and they were friends, uh, almost family, the, almost the kind of family that only theater makes. 
so he wanted to recapitulate that in film as much as he could. And he did. It's more, much more difficult to do that in film. And yet Stewart was able to. Uh, he had a, you know, he he had a, a unique uh, directing uh, style. And it was, you know, it was magnificent to work around. But to, you know, to, to extend that forward, part of his directing style was what a generous guy he was. He was very generous with his, uh, he was certainly generous with his opinions. Uh, but, you know, he was also generous with his genius. And uh, over the years, he uh, mentored a number, he mentored a number of young directors. They would come to him and, uh, and he, would all, he would always take them to lunch. And, you know, let's talk. And he tried to be, he was always as encouraging as he could be. It's a very discouraging business, uh, uh, film, and making movie making can be a very discouraging business. It's much easier for producers to say no than to say yes. Uh, so, uh, but, but Stuart always encouraged young filmmakers to go make movies. Uh, and one of those young filmmakers was Joe Lynch. And uh, boy, it was, when I got a chance, you know, got a chance in Suitable Flesh to work with Joe to see see what Joe could do with this work. One, he had a great idea that opened the script up for me. This script was 20 some years old. Uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was originally a Lovecraft adaptation that Stuart, Stuart was going to direct oh. back in the mid late 90s. Uh, you know, Stuart was off doing Dagon for Brian in uh in spain and he said let's lay dennis write up the next lovecraft we decided it was going to be the thing on the doorstep because we both love the story and the characters and the idea central to it the mind swapping body swapping gender swapping idea at the core of it uh so he said let's you know dennis write it up i wrote it up he came back he liked it he schlepped it uh got it optioned couldn't raise the money there were objections to the script we tweaked it still couldn't get it made uh, uh, was uh, one of Stewart's favorite projects. So he kept uh, trying to get it made. Uh, at the beginning of the millennium, he got it optioned again. Couldn't get it made. Said same set of, could, they couldn't find the financing. Uh, same set of objections. Uh, it was optioned by a couple of actors uh, about four or five years later. Uh, again, couldn't get it made. Same set of, uh, even though we tweaked it and tweaked it, uh, couldn't get it made. Same set of objections. And I will let you guess from seeing the film what those objections were. I think uh, I can figure that out. What do you What do you think? I'm going to say just... Actually, no. No, I don't know. All the sex? Yes. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> right in one. There's too much sex. And Stuart and I would look at each other and go, we don't understand that sentence. You know, I mean, what, 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 what is too much sex? Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, please, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, so it just got put in a drawer. We sort of gave up on it. We tweaked it a number of times and just gave up on it, put it in a drawer. Stuart passed away, unfortunately, at the beginning of the pandemic. And I did a couple of uh, Zoom uh, memorials for him and reconnected with Barbara at a couple of those. And since she had become a producer, she asked me, do you have any scripts in the drawer? And I pulled out a thing on the doorstep and gave it to her. And she liked it. She liked it a lot. She got, we, she agreed to shop it around, uh, connected Joe to it, Joe Lynch. At that point, it was pretty much going to get made because uh, Joe is a known director. He makes movies, he makes movies. Uh, yeah. 
But then when he connected Heather Graham to it, it was definitely getting made. Uh, so, uh, you know, then, you know, uh, they wanted, uh, the producers wanted Barbara in it as well in this other female role. Joe's idea was to uh, uh, switch the genders of the main characters. If you know a thing on the doorstep, you know that it's a gender swapping story. So gender swapping was fundamental to the story as it was. So again, I thought we were being faithful to the spirit of Lovecraft, even with that switch of characters. Besides, it refreshed the story for me. You know, it had been 20 some years. I'd been moving that script around and and tweaking it, you know, and at a certain point you dig your heels in and you go, you know, this script is good the way it is. Come on, get it made. And Joe gave me that little, that last twist that made it like brand new. And I tried it and the story still worked and it still worked like a charm, if not better. Uh, and so it was, it was fun to do. It was fun to work uh, with Joe and Barbara again. But, you know, writing, writing a, a script in which the, the, the core relationship in it really is uh, to a female friendship. Uh, you know, as spoiler alert, I'm a guy. So I had to, uh, I had written uh, important female roles for Barbara before, uh, lead roles. So I was comfortable doing that. But I wanted to make sure I got the female friendship uh, dynamic uh, as right as possible as, and, and portrayed it as fairly and uh, fully as possible. So that I would run by Barbara and uh, Barbara gave notes that were very good. And uh, I, I feel confident, you know, it was great working with that. Again, I got to work with geniuses. How lucky can a guy get? You know, I have that. I have a career where you can rattle off, uh, you know, a number of films because I was lucky to work with because geniuses made those films. You know, I was, I was able to work with genius directors and actors and, uh, you know, co-writers. And, uh, you know, when, when you do that, it's you can have a career like that. It's like how I just sit down to record the podcast and I say things into the microphone. Then Greg of the Dead takes it and he makes it sound good. (laughs) Now, if he could just just make me look good, that would be great. That would be terrific. Hey, me first, man. Oh, no. You still have hair. Come on. You still have a little hair. Come on. Just don't look on the back. It's okay. (laughs) Um, one final thing, and then uh, no, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, um, I'm sorry, I talk so much. You know, I'm no, sure no worry. We loved it. Once I get going, yeah. um, we asked every guest this question: um, What is your favorite horror movie? My favorite horror movie, Psycho. Oh, uh, bravo! You know, hands down. Uh, you know, because it scared the shit out of me. I mean, my parents went to see it when it first came out. Uh, and uh, they refused to let me go because I was, uh, you know, I was uh, 12 at the time, I think, uh, something like that. And, uh, you know, they just said, no, that's, you know, and and it was the the not just the violence and, the, you know, but it was it was so creepy and sexually weird uh, that, uh, you know, no, 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 that's an adult film. Don't but. If you remember, Psycho was when it came out, they they thought nothing about it. This was this little black and white film. You know, even though it was Hitchcock, a giant, a giant name in the business, he was on a dip in his career. And, you know, they thought they, you know, they sort of dumped this movie. The, the studio dumped this movie, uh, you know, just in screens around the country and bang, it was a huge hit. Uh, and, you know, and and, you know, they they also dumped it because. 
He was he did a crazy thing. He killed his lead actress in the middle of the movie. He killed <laughs> yeah. Janet, spoiler alert for you who haven't seen Psycho. He kills Janet Lee <laughs> in the middle of the movie. And uh, you know, you can cut that, you can edit that out if you need to. <laughs> but uh, you know, so my parents but so they, you know, once it was a big hit, they reopened it a year later. They brought it back and opened it with a much bigger opening uh, and and more advertising. So I went to see it then. I went out and snuck out and saw it myself uh, then. And I was a young teenager, probably about 13. I might have been, still been 12 or 13. And it was so scary that when I left the theater, I walked. I, I grew up in Chicago. I walked down the middle of the street. So I would be walking in the streetlight so that I would see anybody who was coming at me. I was terrified. It was, it was horrific. And it stuck with me, you know, and you know, that, that fear of taking showers, you know, that doesn't go away. He gave, that's the gift that keeps on giving, Uh, you know, I mean, you know, uh, it was, you know, just, 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 it touched part, it touched parts of your, uh, it touched fears that you didn't know you had. Uh, you know, so, you know, hands down, you know, there are other scary movies and there are wonderful. There's no lack of horror movies. And we don't we don't make movies like Psycho. We made a, a different a different brand of horror. But that's that 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 I know that was inspirational for Stewart as well. Uh, it, it was just about his favorite film as well. Just to, because Hitchcock is just about his famous uh, favorite director. That's an A plus answer, sir. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't have asked for better. Well, everyone, please go see Suitable Flesh. It is please. so good. And oh, we... please! You know, it's being limited. It's getting a limited re- theatrical release. It's showing up in some theaters. So if you can see it on a big screen, go see it on a big screen. Absolutely. Joe Lynch is a real student of film. He's got all the tricks. He doesn't use them all in this film, but he uses the ones that tell the story. It is a masterful filmmaking job, but it's it's made to be seen on the big screen if you can possibly see it there. Oh, absolutely. Um, what, definitely one of my favorite new releases of the year. Terrific. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. It's, yeah, it's, thank- it's fun to be back on the horse, boy. This is fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Dennis Paoli, legend. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. This has been fun.